I drink to remember, I drink to forget The shame and the sadness and all my regrets All these excuses inside of my head are so definite And now it's the monster beside of my bed that's life-threatening There must be something stronger Take me so much deeper, my trigger warning. There's my trigger Your will for me live, survive in your arms and finally heal. Things that I've done are no longer concealed, they're unthinkable. Can you ignore all the scars I've revealed? Unbelievable. It must be something stronger to take. So much deeper than my trigger warning. There's my trigger warning. I think I'm getting closer to finally living sober. My trigger warning. There's my trigger Put you on a list to repair Pulled apart all the words That I need to share About eyes that see much farther My soul is so much stronger My breath is so much deeper my life is so much larger These eyes that see much farther My soul is so much stronger My breath is so much deeper My life is so much larger than my tree warning My tree Welcome to Jesus and Dragonflies. I'm your host, Jason Von Champet. Champ, 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 Von Champet. You. <laughs> and I've got a guest speaker tonight. His name is Dugon, the sea cow, or Julian. Come on, mate. Um, 
This podcast is on separation, addiction, and recovery, and finding a higher power to get you through it. Um, so, Julian. Here you go, Jace. Take it away, bro. From the beginning. From the beginning? Oh, from wherever you want to start. Yeah, I guess it all starts from... Um, a broken family. Mm. As a young boy, living around, uh, living on the coast, um, grew up in a good family, but there was some um, complications with my mum's health, and she passed away at the age of thirty-six. That's young. And I was on. Uh, I was eight, I'm pretty sure, eight or nine. Yeah, that's young, yeah. Yeah, so I was a little boy. And I didn't think it affected me that, that much mm. growing up. Yeah. But now that I look back, I, it was the major. Yeah. It was a, uh, like the core belief of why yeah. my yeah. life went pear-shaped yeah and I found that was could have been very traumatic yeah I found uh, freedom from my self-doubt and all that through Mm. through um, alcohol and um, surfing yes surfed always surfed grew up grew up surfing yeah yeah dad showed me how to surf when I was a kid and I stuck to it like glue but there was yeah there was never any discipline there either because the old man didn't know how to bring up two boys do you reckon he was um, busy grieving in his own way yeah he was he was struggling man Mm. still misses her heaps you know yeah Um, yeah but so I I rebelled I rebelled so did my brother we we run amok mm. from what, from the day, day dot, you know? Yeah, yeah. We used to just yeah. jump in our pushies and... Head down the front? Go down the front. Hit him up for some money, hit dad up for some money. Yeah. I'd get five, he'd get, yeah. bent, my brother would get ten or something. When did you find yourself getting into the um, party scene and starting to learn about drinking and, and smoking pot or whatever? I was drinking in... Dublin in primary school. Yeah. I went to a Catholic school. Yeah. Mum, that was mum's choice. Yeah. She was a Christian. Yeah, she was. Yeah. 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 I'll, I'll, I'll touch on that down the track, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember she used to take us to church when I, when we were kids. Yeah. And so it's always been there, you know. In the background. Yep. Yeah. The Lord's always been there. Yeah. In my heart too, I've, I've always um. I've been in some pretty sketchy um, places yeah. when I was using, and I've always, always used to pray. Mm. I didn't know what though to pray. I didn't know what I was praying to, and um, I used to pray to my mum a fair bit. Yeah, but um, that was just, I don't know. Yeah, but I was getting looked after, you know. I believe because I. 
if I didn't find this stuff, if I didn't find, if I wasn't saved and I didn't walk into recovery mm. and find um, 12-step programs, I, I wouldn't be alive today, no way. Yeah, I'd be um, Let's just fast track a bit to, um, you know, being a teenager and, and partying and drinking and and um, without the, um, you know, a man telling you you've got to be home at a certain time and all that sort of, you had pretty much a free reign, didn't you? Yeah. 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 I was, um, I just run my own race. Yeah. Just did exactly what I wanted to do yeah. from, a, from a young kid, yeah. from a young boy. And um, there was never any discipline, so yeah. I, I didn't really have to hide it much. No. <laughs> I, used I used to see you um, cruising around, and I, yeah, we were like mates, like but sort of distant. Um, but I can remember looking at you when you were younger, and I could see that was something. Uh, I don't know you, you had some sort of loss going on. Um, that's what I just felt anyway. Um, but you had a good bunch of mates that yeah. were, um, what, the ringsies? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, th- used to... Play up a bit? D- do a bit, you know, used to steal and <laughs> uh, vandalise and lie, cheat, steal, all that stuff. Because we had, yeah, I, I guess you attract the same sort yeah. of people. So we, we had a bit of a group of us that used to just, you know, just run amok all the time. I wouldn't say you're that, like from what I saw, I didn't, I didn't think you were that out of control. Like you were still like um, respected as one of, you know, the local kids. Yeah, yeah. But there's, there's times where we go on little missions and, um, was we'd just rip off cars and, and not take the car but just yeah. break into pilfer cars pilfer all <laughs> pilfer yeah, whatever we could and yeah. we'd all go separate ways we'd have little different groups and we'd all you know, I did heaps of that when I was younger did too. You? Yeah, oh, I got rice <laughs> I got stuck in so many families holidays and oh man uh, yeah. I um so, your drinking and didn't really progress too too out of control then, or just on the odd weekend run on a mark. Yeah, so I was I drank in my twenties. I was still I was drinking pretty hard. Yeah. Because I had my first relationship when I was about twenty, and she was about seventeen. Mm. She was still at school. Yeah. And see, I was I was drinking then. Mm. I was running the mark then. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, we we sort of we hung out. That was a, my first sort of relationship, and we were together for about four years. Yeah. And there was a lot of um, drinking in that relationship. A lot of yeah. a lot of using drugs. Yeah. A, a lot. There was lots of benders and I'd um she thought I'd fucking 
gone missing and she'd always freak out wondering where I was because I wouldn't answer my phone or I'd turn it off or yeah and um that relationship ended in cheating mm. I um yeah I couldn't hold I couldn't hold jobs I couldn't hold relationships I couldn't I was just a mess I had no didn't have any guidance nah no no guidance or um and that's still it's um yeah it's because of that you know that broken family sort of set up and it's um yeah it's and so what's happened is I've another thing I found out about the loss of my mum was um with relationships it it it, it um affected my relationships because I, I was um, in fear of abandonment you know yeah, like right. I had those abandonment issues mm. so I'd stick with it I'd be in a relationship even if it was bad you know even if I was you know I didn't want to be or <laughs> I wasn't happy I'd just stay there we've got such a commonality there yeah. you and I because I stayed in relationships that I wasn't really happy with too because of that exact same reason I didn't I needed someone yeah. Know, even if it wasn't good all the time. And, it, and it's got that, I guess you got that codependent sort of yeah. stuff as well. Exactly. I just wanted to be liked and loved. and Yeah. If it was love, I don't know. I, I believe it was. Yeah. Because I, I think I've been in love a couple of times. Yeah, definitely. Because I can feel it in, yeah, can feel it feel in your it heart. heart. Yeah. And when you're away from them, mm. you really miss them. Yeah. And, and, yeah. yeah. Like being um, being a father now is like you feel it in your heart, don't you? You miss your yeah, you miss your child. Yeah. Um, let's sort of fast track to um where it just got out of control. Like um, that was probably in my yeah, that was in my thirties. In your thirties, I remember like I was in active alcoholism then, but. I was watching you dabble in the, the meth and I didn't really want a part of that but if anyone got any um, cocaine out I'd be all over that but I, 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 I was never into stuff that'd make my brain work faster than it already did mm. you know and um, I, um, I remember like we didn't really get along that well Mainly because I reckon I was judging you, like my alcoholism and my drug, drugging. I was, I was looking at you as like a, um, well, Julian's into that. I'm not that bad yet, mm. you know. And that's, I was such an asshole of a friend, and I was judging you. Meanwhile, I was out of control, alcoholic, fighting my friends, and um, putting stuff up my nose. Yeah. And you know, but that's what that. You know, that's what drugs and alcohol do. They separate, they remove friendships and... Um, but your meth taking um, went on a whole new tangent, didn't it? It was, it was in my late, my late tw- 20s. I sort of, like, during my 20s I was dabbling in you know, I first my had I had my first Eki when I was seventeen, mm. and um, 
but I've smoked pot ever since, you know, when I was yeah, yeah. 10. Mm. And then that was the first drug I had, it was pot. And no, it was alcohol and pot. And then the next one was ecstasy. And then I binged on that for a few years. Went crazy on that. I loved it. And and then the the, ge- the whizzer and goey and the cocaine and LSD. Anything really, anything I could get my my hands on. And to get you out of your head. Yeah. Or more into yep. your head. <laughs> I um, could never hold jobs. Because of my uh, using, drug taking, and partying, I was uh, <laughs> always have Mondays off and <laughs> always lose jobs because of it. Yeah, I was really extremely unmanageable because of my um, because of the using and drinking and partying. Fuck, that was a mess. And I thought, yeah. I sort of held it together for a, for a fair while and then... But you did eventually get an occupation as a drug dealer. Yeah, that's it, yeah. That's where my addiction took me. Um, just so I could... Um, I, th- I thought to myself, fucking... I did a stint in the mines and I was like... Running amok then and I had heaps of money and... Just going nuts. And then I thought, I went overseas, went on a coke binge to America, <laughs> and come back and um, lost my job in the mines and thought, fuck, here we go. I think I'm gonna have a bit of fun before I get a job, yeah. another job. Yeah. And then, um, like, I don't know, say, Eight years later or something, yeah. I um, I started using pretty hard because I still had a bit of money in, in the bank yeah. from the mines, and I thought, fuck, I'll start um, if I can get it for on tick or or for free, and sell it and make some money, and then I can smoke the gear for nothing. So, so just support your habit. Yeah, that's all I did. The yeah. whole time, I never, yeah. really, I never made money off it. You were making a gazillion. Yeah, was, I did, did alright for a useless, messed up junkie. Mm. Yeah, was, you seem like yeah, like from what I saw, you look like um, you were the only ice addict I knew that could put on weight. And put yeah, <laughs> to. Taught myself how to eat food. <laughs> yeah. Used to get the munchies off the meth. Oh, well, wow, that's bizarre, isn't it? Mm. But it was, uh, yeah, it was a f- <laughs> I was a unit. I was fucking cooked. Absolutely cooked. Um, yeah, just a, did some seedy shit, you know, with, um, uh, with sexual stuff and all that. Hookers and, yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm lucky. Well, lucky didn't hurt anyone. I hurt myself. Or um, so eventually you got um, busted, didn't you? Started getting raided. Raided, yeah. And um, that that didn't stop me from using. I just kept, I kept, um, kept smoking meth and couldn't stop. 
in and out of the watch house and then the last time I got arrested I was I thought I was doing alright I was in a stolen hire car mm. with this dude that I didn't really know that I was getting some gear for yeah. and I ended up getting a half I got a I think it was an eight ball and I had it all divvied in bags all over my body <laughs> and this cop drove past this cop car and it was a patrol car and they did a UE. I was in a little Yaris so I had no chance getting away <laughs> so they went did a UE and pulled up and yeah and um got me got me good and arrested me at Mount Coolum on this David Lowe way yeah chucked me in the paddy wagon and I slept I went to the watch house and slept for three days I think how long were you in the watch house all up couple of weeks that time was and you just no, slept probably about a month I reckon because you're going through the withdrawal and yeah the first this that last time in the watch house was 12 days and I slept for the first three and mm. the coppers thought I was dead but I just fucking just sleeping knocked out yeah, yeah. slipped into a little coma from the, from the meth yeah it all ran out yeah all, did your detox in um in the watch house. In the watch house. In a beautiful watch house. Lovely. Yep. Nice lounges and spas and yeah, no, I was and then I got I got a chance to um I uh, got called up to the court. I tried to get bail. Yeah. After the first few days and they just laughed at me. <laughs> Went back down to the watch house and um I thought I had a duty, duty solicitor and I was chatting I was chatting with this dude in the watch house actually and he said fucking um why don't you give rehab a crack and I've never even thought about rehab yeah well, just, always used to say rehab's for, for quitters yeah fuck that yeah. and uh anyway I I got um called up to the court um, in handcuffs and I remember just before I went behind the glass mm. I, pr- I prayed then I prayed and just said please somebody whoever somebody help me I'm fucked yeah. I need help mm. and I went in behind the glass in the courthouse and the, the judge shared a bit and had a look at what I was doing and what I'd been doing and he, he offered me a chance to um, clean my act up and offered me a chance a bed at a rehab yeah and I couldn't believe it um, so I said yes and that was it they took me away in a, in a cop car and I did this rehab at, um, up in the so back of uh, Sydney Coast and Najara yeah, that's it. Yeah. And um, and then that rehab introduced me to Narcotics Anonymous. And yeah, after a while, I started coming good. I started clean. It all started to um, make sense. Make sense and clear up a bit. Six months did you do? Yeah, um, I did six months, two weeks. And then I did another 
six months in a halfway house mm. up until my court date. Yeah, because you still had to be accountable for what you'd done and what you'd been found with, eh? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, so I had to deal with the consequences of um, my actions when I was messed up. And, um, yeah, so I went to the aftercare house was in Maroochydore for a few or I stayed there until I uh, went to court Supreme Court in Maroochydore and they sentenced me with uh, 18 months and off I went to jail for for a year and a half and um, yeah that was it for me that was um, that was the turning point what do you think when you um we're getting the elevator down and not out the front door on your way to um, on on your way to um, jail. Yeah, I thought I was sort of relieved because you know I what you're gonna be safe. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't sad. I was in a bit of shame. Yeah. I was just a bit disappointed. But yeah. yeah, it was hard saying goodbye to my mates and my my dad and that at the courthouse in the courtroom just waving at him and off I went downstairs to the watch house again in Brisbane yeah and I was in there for another I think that was 10 days yeah until they found me a bed and I went to BCC in Brisbane yeah. for a bit and then um, what was your experience of jail um, on those first few few weeks getting your head around the whole system and it's pretty jail's pretty easy if you just stick to yourself and do your own thing if you're not a dickhead you don't cause any shit if you're not a dickhead you don't get bashed or you don't get yeah yeah I've seen I've seen a fair bit of drugs in there and yeah some pretty messed up people yeah on um so your drug using could continue inside if you allowed it yeah yeah I met some I met a in the first month, I met three cooks that could cook oh, gear. Yeah, okay. And I was pretty close to, um, yeah, lining all that up and setting all that up for myself. I thought, oh. Were they cooking in jail? No, no, no. They weren't, they weren't doing much time. And they said, if you, when you get out. If you want my need details and that. But lucky I um, had a sponsor I could ring an NA sponsor I could ring and talk to talk to him about that but um yeah Joe was pretty cruisy man I I, yeah. I didn't no dramas no I could have done you know after the first six months it gets pretty easy yeah get the used first, to the routine yeah the first little, little bit's a bit harder yeah find your feet and when did, um, when in jail, because I heard on the outside, um, through, through your sponsor, um, that you'd had a spiritual awakening while you were in, inside. Yeah, so I was, I was shipped to a farm pretty early, because I was classified as low. Yeah. Because I, I, went, I went into jail with a one year clean timer. Yeah. Which was, you know, pretty. I think I think was pretty rare. Yeah. Okay. And uh, the centre management 
interviewed me and seen that you know I was pretty harmless. Yeah, yeah. You wanted to do the right thing. Yeah, I, yeah. I wanted to change. I was sick. Of, I was done with that life, and so I really wanted to change. And I, I didn't think you could change. You know what? No, not when you're in it. No, growing up, just being stuck in that that whole mindset of um, self-doubt and yeah. filled with fear. You got that tunnel vision too. Yeah, and drug, drugs gave me a, a um, outlet I could get out of my skin and, you know, come out of my shell and be confident and, you know, do things I never used to. Feel good in your own skin. That's why I loved it so much. Oh, it works. Oh, yeah. <laughs> For yeah. a while. Yeah. Hey. So, yeah, then I got shipped to a farm. And, um, yeah, I found some, I got... God put me, some people in front of me that brought me to the Lord. And um, oh, yeah. I, was, I thought, wow, these guys... I used to just think, you know, if these guys have done like this dude, one dude was doing eight years, yeah. and he was such a humble sort of dude, you know. That, yeah, okay. And he was just trying to tell me about about Jesus and how much he's, what he's done for him, and yeah. I was just blown away that this guy was where he was at. It was just. Mm. Oh, always smiling and definitely got something we um full of joy and I was attracted to that yeah get an attraction to it and I'm like wow I'm I'm, I'm thinking I'm gonna give this a crack and whatever and, yeah. and then um we hung out a fair bit and walked did it to walks and done a bit of training together and um he had another mate that older mate too that was um saved by by Christ in there and was brought to Christ in there and and um there was heaps of um little meetings that we did in there and um, there's a couple of chaplains in there and and it, yeah just some of the stuff that happened I I start, my prayers were a lot of my prayers were answered in there and I um more people that come into my life this one dude uh, John his name was he was his same thing it's just mm. just a ball of happiness and joy it was just full of the Holy Spirit in prison yeah <laughs> loved it just fucking always he had a six pack and he was about 55 yeah, I think it was yeah just, training heaps and... uh, not really just Cardio, heaps of cardio. Oh, right. Okay, yeah. so he's a runner and... Yeah, I just used to walk heaps and yeah, do a bit of push-ups here and there. But mm. Yeah, but... Um, and then when I went out to a work camp, that, that dude that sort of brought me to the Lord, we had a prayer session in his cell one day and we, we did that, you know, the prayer that you, you do when you... You want to get saved? And, yeah, yeah. And you, um, yeah. You ask Jesus. You make that. De- yeah, you make that decision. 
mm. and then you do it with one or two or more people. Yeah. So it was me and two other fellas. We sat there and we prayed and we prayed and we kept praying. We prayed for a while and for about an hour and we sat there and played some music. He was really good on the guitar too, this dude. Yeah. Yeah, just... Yeah, so it was a lot to do with that guy, I think. Yeah. yeah. And then I um, would have chats with my sponsor about it. And yeah, he, he couldn't believe it that I was... He was, st- he was stoked because he was feeling all us in yeah. and we were, um, what was going on with you inside. and um, That's just around the time that I uh, found myself um, finding faith too. And yeah. then I heard that you'd found it inside and I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Sick. <laughs> there was one incident oh, that happened. Um, this... My cousin, right? She's a she's a beautiful woman. She's in her late thirties, I think. Yeah. And she's had some, you know, a lot of adversity that's gone. A lot of things happened in her life, and she um, she lost her partner mm. from a freak uh, flying accident. He he, he okay. bought he bought an ultralight plane to do mm. some muster for some for his cattle and that and he was practicing how to fly it and um bear died and ran flew into a tree and Shit. so and she was pregnant at that time and now she's full-blown christian she was like she's so powerful when it comes to the lord and um when i was at this this um work camp my the mate that brought me to to christ or one of the dudes in there, he was the chef in the kitchen out of the mm. camp. And he came running outside and he's like, oh, he come, Jill's come and listen to this. And um, pulled me into the kitchen. Radio. The radios. Turned the radio up. And it's just this girl talking on the radio. And I'm like, well, I, know that. I know that voice. And I said, Al, what's her name? And he goes, I think it's Kylie. And I went, no way. It's Kylie Burrell, my, my cousin. Wow. And then she started sharing and she was donating over 30 grand to um, a um, Christian community. Uh, it's called Vision Community okay. Radio over there. Wow. From, a, yeah, from part of an, yeah. you know, um, insurance yeah. stuff that, but whatever yeah yeah so God was com- you know like communicating with communicating you. with yeah, me bringing yeah. you together yeah and letting, you, letting it be known yeah another time I, I heaps of times I, I was reading scripture and yeah I'd have a rough day and get home read scripture and it it would all just work out makes sense it all makes sense yeah, yeah. so I, I've had I had a few revelations in there as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Jar was was really it was the best and worst thing that ever happened. Yeah. To me. I remember when you got out, you're pretty keen for a wave. <laughs> yeah. And um, you looked fit. You've been training inside, and 
and then you um, ended up coming to the same church we all go to now. Yeah. And um, you had a you, you'd met a, a partner. Yeah, I met a met a girl a couple of years before I went to Jahalem. Yeah. Stayed we in sort, touch. We sort of did, and uh, she wrote to me a couple of times in there. Mm. When, when I got out, we um, sort of hooked up again for a bit. And um, it was the first girl I'd been with for, you know, a couple of years. Yeah. And um, I swore I wasn't going to, you know, sleep with a girl until I got married, but... Yeah, things happened. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty full on, like, just got out of jail and she was the first female I sort of... Had your frost beard on. Yeah, I did. I was pretty, yeah, pretty... That's what yeah. And we we um, um, hooked up a few times and um, started sleeping together. And you was you were having got, a relationship. Yeah, we yeah we were because I I was I was willing. Yeah, you wanted it. I wanted. It. I was ready to commit. Yeah, definitely. And um, didn't work out, but did it. No, she got pregnant. Yeah. Uh, she had the kid. She had a beautiful little girl in um, two seventh of April two thousand and eighteen. Mm. And yeah, it's been one of the most amazing yeah. things that, that has ever happened to me. It's awesome, mate. Eh? Having a little girl, yeah. So powerful. I remember just. There was a Father's Day just before she was born at church, and you know how they do the Father's thing, um, Father's Day thing at church. Yeah. And everyone gets up and you know out the front, and then, and I come over to you, and I said Happy Father's Day to you, for you know because you're only months off having having a daughter, and it was I knew it was going to blow your mind. Yeah. And um, be the best thing that's ever happened to you in your life, you know. Yeah. Um. Such a beautiful little girl, and you, you know, from what I've seen, you, you're a really, really um, good father. Um, I can see the love. There's n- the love's just there. You can see it when you talk about her, and um, I'm pretty proud. You know, I'm really proud, actually. I'm proud of where you've come from and where you're at now, and um, you've done the full 180. Um, inside and outside and um, you just continue to blow me away and now that you're studying Thanks. a um, a degree that will help people with um, with addiction yeah. and separation and loss within themselves and it's such a beautiful thing to witness and um, and watch, you know, there's nothing better than having a job that you like. Yeah, like, sure. I used to like carpentry. <laughs> yeah. But now, oh, I don't know, I need something too. And I look at what you're doing, I, I find I find that so interesting. Yeah. Because, you know, what better person than someone that's had to deal with addiction to help another person in addiction, you know, in recovery. Yeah. You know, you can see a psychologist about addiction, but if they haven't gone through anything like it, it it's, you know, 
It's hard for a person in addiction to listen to, but if they can listen to, uh, to your story and um, see what you've done in your life and to be able to turn your, your life around, it's like it's right there in front of them that can be done. Yeah, I, yeah, I believe people that will only listen to, um, you know, only be willing to listen to people if they've yeah. been through, you know, if they've got empathy and yeah, that's for cool. that person and yeah. been through the same sort of suffering, suffering and yeah. trauma and yeah, yeah, sure. Now it's been, I'm still um, trying to get this sorted, this new career and yeah. it's going to be all work. You've had a few um, speed bumps in the way, like um, yeah. certain stuff, but like, I don't know. I watch you and I I can see you analysing it with hope, you know, if you do reach a speed bump like the blue card or whatever and whatnot, you you, you don't I can't see you giving up, you know, you just go, Oh well, um, there's a bit of acceptance there and another way, another way to get it, you know. Um might be a bit harder, but Yeah, that's steadfast. Um yeah. You know, I'll just keep going. I won't give up. That's good. And I, uh, it finishes next June, but I'll awesome. And I'll get through it for sure. Um, it's been a pleasure having you on the show, Julian. No worries. Yeah, if you if you're listening to this and you're um, having any f- doubt about um, Jesus or the um, Father, Son, of the Holy Spirit, you it's where it's at for sure. It's what's helped me in. Just believing in something yeah, that's having a, bigger than yourself. Having a belief in. Yeah, having in faith God. in something. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it can be done. Like, um, you're a walking testimony to that, that, you know, you can turn your life around. You can be a full-blown addict end up in jail and um, the total contrast being that now you're helping people yeah. in recovery which you do now you know you, you just I'm 41 it's the fittest I've ever been yeah huh. the rig here give me a high five hey, bruh. <laughs> thanks Julian um, yeah, it's been a pleasure yeah, over and out we're going to have a jam ski huh.
Find it in your heart.